Hey, this is Cindy, and you're listening to Life is a Pre-Med. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Life is a Pre-Med. Today, I want to talk about my experience being an EMT. I want to tell you guys things I wish people told me before becoming an EMT. I'm going to explain the whole process to you and what a day in the life looks like. So let's get started. I have been an EMT for about a year and a half now. I originally decided I wanted to become an EMT because I obviously needed those patient care hours. Um, I was pre-PA for a while and I needed some way to get those hours. And the other jobs didn't interest me too much. I definitely didn't want to be a CNA. Scribe, I didn't really think about it, but I think I I wanted something more hands-on and I knew EMT was going to be one of the most hands-on patient care jobs and scribe I would just be following a doctor writing notes and then MA I didn't think about it because I think the schooling was long and more expensive um behavioral tech I never even thought about that Uh, I think I mean I, I think it could be cool but I don't know I never thought about it and yeah, I mean, I did Cope Health Scholars, which is volunteering at a hospital, also counts as patient care hours, but I wanted a job. So yeah, I did EMT. I signed up for a course at my college at Cal State Long Beach, and the course was about, at the time, it was about fourteen to $1,500. It seems like it's going up in price recently. Like, I checked back on that website, and it said $1,600, so... It's tough. I mean, you won't feel it once you start working. Like, you'll technically get that money back. I know some jobs even reimburse you for that, but you gotta get, you have to be pretty lucky for that. Um, but the course for me took about two months to complete. I chose a longer course. It was meetings every Friday, only on Friday, every week from about 8 to 4 or 5 p.m. And it was kind of like, not in the height of COVID, but when COVID was dying down like the year after. So that morning would be like 8 to 12, I would have an online lecture. And then I would drive to campus within that like hour break. And then 1 to 5, I think, was the skills. You can choose faster courses. I've heard of... I think like four weeks to up to like, I don't know if I want to say I've heard three weeks, but it, there's some pretty fast courses and it's it's like classes maybe like three times a week, four times a week for long hours. And I loved my class. I loved doing the shorter pace. I did it over a summer, which I highly recommend because that would be so stressful to do during school. But we would have exams every Friday and it was super nice because I would have the entire week to study for the exam. Whereas those faster paced courses, they don't get that luxury. Sometimes they'll have exams like twice a week, which is insane to me. Like you just have to constantly be studying. I can't even imagine doing that during school. And because I took a longer course, I had the opportunity to enjoy it so much more like enjoy the material so much more instead of being forced to learn the material in a fast way and basically memorize nothing so 
I enjoyed the two months. It's not, my class personally was not too hard. Also, I have a background in physio kind of at the time I was getting into some science courses and I really loved human anatomy and all of that, which is one of the sections in your EMT course. I was really passionate about learning about it. So it was on the easier side for me. Also, I know how to study very well. But I know a lot of people drop the class. And a lot of people that want to become EMT also want to go into fire. So it's not just like those pre-med students that are going in EMT. Maybe it's people who want to get into fire and they don't necessarily love the (laughs) medical aspect. They just want to get into the fire department eventually. So they're not super passionate about it. And then they end up dropping the course. I've heard a lot of people where their class sizes dropped in half by the end of the course. Also, do your research on what courses in your area are good. Like, look at reviews online. I know some courses in my area where they're especially hard and a a lot of people drop the class, whereas my course... I wouldn't say it's on the easier side, but it wasn't harsh, like militant style, whereas that course is very much more like cutthroat. Whereas I guess it's good, especially if you're going to fire, like you want to get used to that. I am not going into fire and I am not planning on staying in the first responder realm so i don't need that cutthroat atmosphere which is why i liked cal state long beach's course so much they were much more supportive in the way that they taught after i completed the course i took the nremt the nremt is a national exam to get your national certification once you complete your course you will be allowed to take this exam Everyone says, take it right away after you finish the class. I don't know what my excuse was. I think it was the end of summer. School was starting. Just didn't have time to take it. So I waited two months to take it, which sucked because I had to go back into my notes, reread through everything and become nervous again because what if I forgot some things? Two months can be a while when you're not when you're not actively studying the material. So yeah, take it right away. Highly recommend that. But I passed the first time. It wasn't that bad. I just could have saved myself some stress. Um, Some people find it on the harder side and it can be hard. Like the questions can look, they try to trick you in a way. In EMT school, you'll learn that the questions, many answers could be right. You just have to really pay attention to the order So I was not confident while I was taking the exam. Like the questions looked hard, but no, I I ended up passing. They don't tell you your score, but whatever. So what it's like being an EMT. Currently, I work for an IFT company. IFT means interfacility transport. I basically just transport patients. No 911. Um, Did I expect to go into IFT when I first originally said I wanted to become an EMT? No, because no one tells you that. I'll get into that later. (laughs) No one tells you the details of like 
what happens next once you become an EMT. Pros to IFT, the pay is better than 911, much better. I I'll I'll just say what I get paid. I get paid 17.50 an hour, which is <laughs> I just said it's better than 911 and my better is 17.50 an hour, which is not it's not good considering I paid like 1500 for the course. And I think fast food workers are getting paid more than me. I live in California. I'm pretty sure fast food workers are getting paid more than me. I've heard of $19, $20 an hour sometimes. And I have the capability to save a life and the materials to save a life, the certification to save a life, but I get paid like that. And imagine 911. If you work for a 911 company, you get paid worse. And you actually get called to situations where people overdosed and the paramedics had to bring them back to life and these weird situations. Whereas I'm literally just transporting patients and I'm getting paid more. So definitely keep that in mind. Um, Right now I only work one day a week. I used to work three at my company. Their requirement is three days a week for part-time. Usually it's two days a week part-time. Mine is three, um, but they're really flexible. That's that's a pro of IFT. They're really, really flexible with your schedule. Um, so I went to from three, then the next semester of that, I went to two days a week. And then after that, I'm now at one day a week because I was also doing research at this time, which I was getting paid for. So technically two jobs, I cannot be doing many shifts of EMT while I'm doing research. Each shift for me is 10 hours. You can also choose, some companies have 12-hour shifts, and then many companies also have 24-hour shifts, which I was originally interested in doing. Now, I probably will never do, because when it comes to a certain time of night, I need to sleep, and some companies can screw you over, and they can, you have, you are required to get, like, the this five hours of sleep or whatever, but they can wake you up during that five hours and just pay you a little bit more but they can wake you up and send you to calls so it depends on your company i personally would not like that (laughs) um honestly i don't think i would want to sleep at station either and i have school that would be a mess and i would lose like my weekend nights if I did it over the week, I was already working over the weekend. So if I did a Friday night, 24 hour, I would not be able to go out Friday night or hang out with anyone. But next, I'm going to go through a day in my life. Just general overview. I My shift starts at 10 a.m. I clock in, find out what rig I'm on from the schedule. And then I go to the ambulance, um, ambulance, rig, same thing. I then do a checkout on the rig. So my partner, I'm usually always the driver. My partner would be the attendant and check out everything in the back, make sure everything's there. And I will be checking out all the lights outside and the oil, random stuff like that. And then let dispatch know that we're ready to go. Sometimes I would have ride-alongs which is what you will have to do if you go to EMT school. You'll have to do about two to three ride-along shifts where you 
go to an ambulance company for a shift and just ride along with them. They'll have you probably practice taking vitals on a patient. I will usually have anywhere from one to four calls in a day. There will definitely be months where the company is busier than others. Uh, I would say within the past few months, it's been pretty slow and I have a Sunday shift. So you already know it's extra slow. I would have maybe two shifts a day, which was so nice because we would just get posted and I could do homework. Uh, but recently I have been having like four calls a shift because I don't know, randomly in October, I guess it just started getting busier and I had less time to do homework and it can get tiring low key and I'm driving all day and my partner can drive too. I used to have a partner that couldn't drive so I had to constantly drive but now I can switch off with my partner if I ever get sleepy or tired because it's just it's not that it's like physically draining work but the long shift can just be mentally draining. I can't explain it. I don't want to like say oh it's so hard and whatever but I don't know it's just how it is it, it can just be a mentally draining shift so once dispatch gets a call they'll call us over the radio let us know where we're going where we're dropping off and then we'll drive to the call once we get there the attendant will get the report from the nurse while the driver usually me will take go into the patient's room take their vitals and talk to the patient see their pain level see their ANO status which is how alert and oriented they are. And if their vitals are fine, then we can transport them onto the gurney. As an IFT company, we can only take stable patients, usually a blood pressure. Technically, the policies, usually a blood pressure over 150 systolic is unstable, but you have to use your reasoning skills, which is why I love... I'll get into that and the pros and cons, but being an EMT has definitely raised my critical thinking skills by doing stuff like this. I have had instances where a patient was unstable enough to call 911 and we just wait until the paramedics get there. There was one time I had a patient literally faint in front of me. Like we came in because they had to assisted living facility because they had weakness and eventually she just fainted and we were like yeah no we cannot take her you gotta call 911 so those are always interesting calls but if the patient was stable and we transported them in the ambulance we would take their vitals once we get there just drop off the patient attendant gives the report to the receiving nurse and then we're on to the next call we clean the gurney and we just sit and wait for dispatch to tell us what to do now my shift is scheduled to be 10 hours, right? But what people don't tell you before becoming an EMT is that it can go longer and they can they can keep you there longer if they want to. There's some rules to that, but I've definitely had that happen many times. My shift's supposed to end at 8 p.m. But if we finish a call and we clear, let's say at... 7 p.m., 7.20 p.m. Depending on how the dispatcher is feeling about you a lot of the time, like if you have a 
rude dispatcher that plays favorites, they could 100% give you another call at 7.20 p.m. and then you won't be home or back at station till 9 p.m. I've gone even longer than that. There's times where we'll get a call to an ER on a very busy day and we got the call later in the day. So we get screwed over because we can't leave the patient when the patient's waiting for a bed in the ER. We have to just sit there and hold the wall until the patient gets a bed. And I think I've gone up till maybe four hours, maybe four or five hours holding the wall once. I've heard of horror stories, people holding the wall for like eight hours, sometimes even more. Sometimes it's so long they have to get another rig to come in and switch out with them. As for the patients, I mostly get psych patients and elderly patients. Psych patients can range from young children up to older adults. Some people can be appreciative. Some people can just simply be quiet, which is most of the time. Most of them are just quiet. And then some of them can be really mean or genuinely insane, like creepy insane sometimes. I've heard of many stories where patients attack people in the back. That's why when a psych patient is on a hold, a hold is like a legal hold, they have to go to a mental health facility. They don't have a choice. We put restraints on them. If something happens with the restraints, if someone forgets to put restraints or they somehow get out of the restraints, which is very hard to do. If you do the restraints right, it's very hard to get out of the restraints. But if you do it somehow wrong, patient could escape and I've heard of people getting attacked by patients spit on I've heard many <laughs> this never happened to me like this the, I've never been attacked or anything like that and this this also never happened to me I've heard of patients escape an ambulance escape out of the back while the ambulance was moving and run away at that point you're getting paid seventeen fifty an hour. You you don't have to go and chase after this person. You do have to call it in. You will get in trouble because you're supposed to restrain them. But you should never put yourself in danger to go run after a crazy psych patient that wants to escape. I've definitely heard some crazy stories. I've experienced some really, really rude, really rude psych patients like like their goal is to tear you down and make them feel like on a pedestal while you're a piece of trash but you <laughs> you develop a thick skin like you know these people are not completely there there's something that they're really struggling with right now and the things that they're saying they may not genuinely mean and that's why they're going to get help so you can't you can't take it personally. I've definitely seen nurses take it personally in some psych facilities. Well, they'll swing at a patient. A nurse will will try to swing at a patient, like punch them in the face. And as a healthcare provider, you have to if you're going to get into psych, especially you have to develop some patience. You have to have some empathy 
for the fact that yes, these people are annoying and they can be mean and aggressive, but you are a nurse and your job is to heal. That's what security is for. And even security is not trained to punch a patient in the face. They know how to tackle a patient so that they can keep them down, but purposely physically harming a patient, I will never understand. I will never understand how you can get into healthcare and want to do that. That's just having a power trip over someone. But back to, (laughs) sorry, off track, but back to being an EMT. Pros and cons. The pros is this is one of the only patient care jobs where the patient is completely under your responsibility. Once the nurse signs off on a patient and releases it to us, the patient is under our responsibility. If anything happens during transport, it's only me and my partner. If anything happens, we are responsible to treat the patient and then call for help as well and critically think how we can get through a situation. I've never had a patient code while I was driving or anything like that, but I have definitely heard of situations where a patient is coding and some people had to switch to code three. We are an IFT company, but we have the capability to be an emergency ambulance. So if we need to and the hospital is close, we'll switch to code three and get the patient there quickly. Or if the hospital is far, We will stop, wait for the paramedics to pick up the patient, and the paramedics will take care of it and take the patient to the hospital. But it definitely gives you a sense of confidence and responsibility because that's what you're going to feel as a physician, as a PA. You're going to feel like this is your patient, and their level of care that you give them is completely up to you. Another pro is this job definitely gets you comfortable giving patient reports and it gives you an idea of what questions to ask patients, which is something you will learn in PA school, med school. They will try and teach you like what questions you need to ask a patient to get a full patient report and a full understanding of what the patient's going through. This job has made me so much more comfortable to do that. If someone asked me on the spot, go figure out what a patient, what's wrong with the patient and then tell the nurse after, I will have no problem doing that. The questions are just naturally in my head and they'll just start flowing out. And this was definitely a skill I had to learn in EMT school. I was very scared to even try it. Like what if I can't think of questions at all, but I've gotten a lot better at it. Another pro is being an EMT has definitely toughened me up. We get called to pretty sketchy situations, some violent patients, some very, very low income cities where the entire streets are filled with homeless tents and you have to go through them to get to your location. I have never had a problem with a homeless person or a sketchy area becoming dangerous for me. Again, they they make it very clear in EMT school, like your safety is, your, is the priority. If a situation feels unsafe, 
you do not have to enter it. But for the most part, it's like these homeless people are just trying to live their lives. Like, I I don't mind going into these areas now anymore because these people are just trying to survive, honestly. And if anything, the only time a homeless person came up to me was asking me if I had a mask for them. I was like, of course, we have masks for you. Like, here's three, here's four. I I wish I could give you more kind of thing. But now, after being an EMT for a bit of time, I don't get scared in sketchy situations. Like, before, if I was walking the street with my friend or something, and a sketchy person seemed like they were about to come up to us or head, they're heading in t- towards our direction before I would feel maybe anxiousness or a little bit of step aside like go away from them like you're in danger kind of vibe whereas now <laughs> I'm I'm a small person okay <laughs> I can't attack anyone but now I'm like here we go like if, if you want to attack me attack me like I'm ready. Can I probably attack them? No, but I don't have... It's. I also know from seeing a bunch of different types of patients from truly insane to just struggling on the streets or struggling with a drug addiction, I have a better understanding of what people to look out for that may be dangerous versus a person that's just trying to live their life. Another pro is I have gotten to build my critical thinking skills a lot, which I talked about before. Not every call is the same. It feels like it. It's starting to really feel like it, but it's not. I will get called to assistant living facilities and transport elderly patients and Either a patient is ambulating or I have to draw sheet them or maybe we're taking them back to their house. Instead of a hospital, we're taking them back to their house. So me and my partner have to critically think, how are we going to take this patient through these tight corners and get them into their room? So those those calls are a little physically demanding but I actually enjoy them it's kind of fun I like the challenge it seems like the challenge is dying down after being an EMT for over a year but some other calls were I have been to jail plenty of times I have taken inmates from jail to another like jail hospital thing and then other way around so it's been really interesting those patients can be aggressive I've had psych patients and inmates where they do not want to get in the gurney and the security have to tackle them down and force them onto the gurney and then they rely on me to strap them in really really quick before they get up I've had pet team calls pet team calls are they're like a psych evaluation team. That's what it stands for. And they'll get t- called to houses. Many of them are children who have been aggressive towards their parents. Or there's also adults that are just mentally not doing well. 
and other pet team calls can be a homeless man that is walking naked on the street and we have to wait for the cops to arrive to help us get them onto the gurney because they definitely don't want to get on the gurney. So it's a variety of different situations. Those situations that I listed, the aggressive ones, the the crazy ones can be on the rare side for sure. Most of most of my patients are very chill, very quiet. Another pro is it has taught me the best ways to talk to patients. There has been psych patients I dealt with where they are extremely anxious. They feel like everyone is out to get them. And if I'm in the back with them, it's it could be a nightmare to deal with a patient like that because you don't know what their next move is. And you don't know how much the thoughts can get into their head and cause aggression. So I've developed ways to calm a patient, let them know that they're taken care of, that they are safe. Same with the children psych patients, like a lot of them can be really scared. Another pro is the job can be a lot more fun if you have a good partner. If you have a bad partner when you first get started, try to find a way to change a shift and get a new one because it'll make your job so much more miserable. Another pro is if I ever get posted, I can get homework done. If I'm holding the wall at in a hospital, I'll usually take my iPad and study. This is much more likely, getting posted is much more likely to happen on weekend shifts for sure, but it depends on the company. And also IFT, as I said before, super, super flexible with your schedule. Many EMTs who get into IFT are doing it because they have other responsibilities, like they're usually pre-med, pre-PA, pre-nursing, so they have school at the same time or something else, studying for the MCAT or something like that. So they understand the types of people they're hiring and they know that their schedules might need shifting. So they usually accommodate for that. And some companies are better at that than others. A con, I told you before, they can keep you longer than your shift. And there's nothing you can do to control that as long as they give you a call before your ending shift time. Many companies treat you like a number, especially 911 they do not care about you my company they're a smaller company so they'll do they'll do cute things like on holidays they'll do lunches for us and cook us food and give us gifts and cute things like that but also dispatchers could be like i said playing favorites and being rude giving you worse calls than others so try to be nice to your dispatchers i'm always nice and one of them just still doesn't like me. And I don't, I think it's because I don't go get him lunch or something. And no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. Another con is the pay is horrible, which I already talked about. I hope it increases soon, but especially for 911 companies, it's pretty bad. Another thing is IFT can get boring and you can feel useless. You can try and look at it on the positive side, like I am helping because I am relieving patient load 
from 911 companies or I am supporting these patients, but I don't know. I'm having trouble keeping a positive mindset at this point because I I feel... I went into EMT because I wanted to get hands-on and I feel, I wanted to feel like I was helping. And it's hard to feel that a lot of times in IFT. What I wish people told me before becoming an EMT. You have to be somewhat physically fit. I didn't go to the gym before I am on the smaller side again, so lifting patients, I just, I didn't think of it. I, for some reason, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't thinking of that when I decided to become an EMT that I would have to be able to physically lift and stuff like that. Once I started realizing that, I started getting into the gym. They especially made me start realizing that while I was like taking the class, the teacher was saying you guys better go to the gym you guys better get physically fit because if you don't you'll hurt yourself or you won't be able to lift patients some companies require lift tests originally i thought that many companies did my company didn't but when i was talking to my friend who was an emt his company did and when he told me that this was after i finished the class and i was living in the dorms now I got so scared and he was saying like oh they made me do a deadlift of 135 pounds and made me hold it and then do small steps I'm like what kind of IFT like but I was I thought I didn't know any better like that that scared me and maybe he was right like that company did require that but many companies like don't require that extravagant of a lift test I think they still require it, but probably not as intense as that. But once he told me that, I went straight to the gym and he was mentoring me through it. I tried to feel what it felt like to lift 135 pounds. Was nowhere near close to be able to doing it. A few months later, kept going at it at the gym and I deadlifted 135 pounds for two reps and I was like whoa that's insane I am finally ready to get a job (laughs) I waited to get a job until I felt physically ready and then and then by that time I couldn't get a job because I realized that when you first start as an EMT they require weeks of training So my first week of training was three days where it was just paperwork, lectures, whatever. Second week was attendant training where I learned to be attendant. And then the third week was driver's training, which you can do when you're 21 years old. I was 20 20 and a half at that time and they let me drive. So I did driver's training for three days. I could not have done that during school because the shifts were like 7 a.m. to 5 p.m.? That's a 10-hour shift? I don't know. 5 p.m. And I couldn't do that during school. So I had to wait until summer to get started, which sucked. As for 
Lifting a patient, though, there are ways to get around it. My company didn't require lift tests, so I got around it that way. Another way is if you have a partner who is strong, which I did, they would take care of the heavier patients to lift them into the rig. When looking for what ambulance company to work at, make sure they have mechanical gurneys. Otherwise, if they have the old gurneys where you have to manually lift the patient, it's harder. You have to use a lot more muscles to do that. But you still, you have to be physically fit. You can't just go in and be super weak because many things that I have to do is like draw sheeting a patient. And when the patient weighs almost 300 pounds, we can't take anyone over 300 pounds. Our gurneys won't handle it. They have to call another service that has bigger gurneys. But anyone that's close to that mark and you have to draw sheet them, you have to be able to help your partner in some way. Another thing that I didn't even think about is you have to be able to lift patients over curbs. Just that little, that little curb can be a lot. Like it feels like deadlifting half of a patient, especially when the patient is on the heavier side. And if you don't know proper lift technique, which you can be taught that in EMT school, but if you don't go to the gym, you don't actively use it. You don't actively practice it. And if you're not super confident in lifting right and you're, you don't have the muscles to lift right, even if you're still able to lift, if you don't have the muscle to lift in a protective way, you could really hurt yourself. I've heard stories where people had to stop being an EMT because they hurt their backs. And this is just due from bad lifting technique, from lifting more than you can handle. And if that's ever the situation, I have never had to call lift support. Usually, wherever I'm picking up, there will be a nurse or an EMT that could also help transfer a patient, like draw sheet them or anything like that. Ask for help if you physically cannot do it. Sometimes when I'm working with a partner that has the similar strength as me, when I lift them into the ambulance, we'll do a double lift. So they will hold one side of the gurney, I'll hold the other side, we'll lift up and then push them into the ambulance. And even if I'm able to do that on my own, I'd rather do it with someone else because at least we're not hurting our backs. Another thing I wish people told me was that if you're in school, you most likely can't do 911. Most 911 companies require you to work full-time. At least when you first get hired, they'll require you to work full-time for a few months and then maybe you could switch to part-time once you work there for a while. But most of them require full-time. There are some part-time companies, but another con is that they don't work with your schedule well. So if you ever have new extracurriculars that you want to get into and you want to switch up your schedule they will not let you do that many times there will be a limit to that whereas at my company I can just go anytime and tell them I want to switch also as I mentioned before the pay is bad <laughs> at 911 it's not good at all another thing I wish people told me was dispatch can screw you over all they want 
which I mentioned before, give you bad calls, keep you over time. And another thing is I originally planned to work for an EMT for about a year and then switched to ER tech so that I could work in a hospital. And this is just not working out the way that I want because what I wish I knew was that ER tech positions, most of them require you to work full-time, which is three shifts a week, 12-hour shifts. And especially if you're first starting, they could require you to do weekends. They could require you to do night shifts. You can't have much say over that stuff. Like I've seen part-time ER tech jobs, but then they'll say night shift. And it's just really, it's really difficult as a student to be able to work that into my schedule, especially with all the other things that I'm doing. Many positions are not flexible with your schedule at all either. It's kind of like 911 where if you're working at a hospital, like you better show up to your shift. And there's a lot of employees and they just don't have the ability to be flexible with your schedule. So that was really a bummer. Other things I'm looking into is being an EMT for special events. The only con with this is many of these events could be far away and I would have to drive to these locations to work and the pay is usually the same as I'm getting paid now. I mean, at least it's fun. I've seen some per diem, which is per diem is like the that company that I'm looking at, they require minimum two times a month and you get to choose those shifts or you can work more times a month. But the con of like using your gas money to drive to work when you're not getting paid well is kind of sucky. I've tried to see if there's EMTs at like clinics. Those, I don't even know if those kinds of jobs exist. I feel like I've heard of someone working in a clinic as an EMT, but maybe like an urgent care setting. But for most part, they want MAs at clinics, which is honestly something I, w- I wish I could have worked at a clinic. A con with EMT that I didn't mention is you don't get to see doctors very often. We give reports to nurses and sometimes the doctor will come out and talk to us and ask what's going on, but that's it. So that's why I wanted to become an ER tech to get into the hospital to talk to doctors, but then I'm still in a stuck situation. I am really sorry if I if you were excited to become an EMT and I just I felt like I just told you a bunch of cons. If you are interested in emergency medicine, which I originally was, um, which is why I wanted to start being an EMT, but if that's a big interest to you, I would definitely recommend EMT. I've also met people who are in school and who are ER techs and they do do the night shifts. And they've worked at hospitals long enough to the point where they have asked for one shift a week instead of three. But it's a night shift. So you it depends on what lifestyle you want to live. Like if you're interested in becoming an ER doctor or working in the ER as a PA, you're going to have to do night shifts probably anyways. So you're probably maybe okay with that or something you want to get used to. I love that you have so much autonomy during the job. Like there's not a 
overarching person that's constantly telling you what to do besides dispatch telling you where to go and you have policies that you have to follow but like your patient is your patient which is is it's a cool feeling and i just want to let you guys know about all these things just so you're aware and you know what you're getting into before you pay over a thousand dollars to get into it and maybe you don't enjoy it and there's ways to get into part-time 911 positions if you don't need as much flexibility with your schedule like you know fridays and sundays you want to work those days and you're not going to need to change that then there's there's companies out there that will do that you just have to keep researching keep asking when you're in the emt course ask your teacher whoever's teaching the course it was a good job it treated me well i'm still working <laughs> i'm saying it was a good job no it it's i'm still working there i am planning on leaving soon just because i want to try something new i am at a point where i felt like i've stopped learning and i don't have that challenge anymore and i would like to seek something that will give me that so that's the only reason I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to step away from working in an ambulance. Maybe I'll try and find some sort of EMT position. Maybe I'll try and be an EMT instructor, which is also an option. It's just hard to get that position for some reason. But yeah, keep in mind, this is just my opinion. Maybe in the future, I will bring some other people to talk. There are other people that have had better experiences than me as an EMT, but Many of the struggles I listed are what many EMTs have gone through, but there's pros and cons to every job. And I'm going to bring in guests from other patient care jobs to tell you their pros and cons. And you just have to choose, kind of choose what cons you're okay with dealing with. Again, like these patient care jobs are very entry level, beginning into healthcare. So they're not going to be like, these amazing jobs that you want to stay at like no they're meant for you to eventually move on and people who hire you know that so just keep that in mind whatever job you choose it is just a stepping stone to get used to healthcare see what it's like see if you somehow like it but if you're not completely enjoying that patient care job it doesn't mean that you're not meant to be in healthcare because these are just entry-level jobs like people don't stay in them forever for a reason which is why I'm ready to leave this company soon and maybe go into research and get paid for research instead because I've de developed a good amount of patient care hours already so I hoped all of this helped I hope it didn't scare you if you have any more questions on this topic or anything else please reach out at life underscore as a premed on instagram or you can reach out at our email life as a premed 10 at gmail.com i would totally love to answer any of your questions in a future episode if you enjoy this content and you want to hear more don't forget to follow us on any streaming platform that you're using right now and hit the notification bell if you want to know when I drop a new episode. So stay tuned. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. And I will see you on the next episode of Life as a Premium.